Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Pediapod, the monthly podcast for pediatric research. In this episode, we compare the microRNA profiles and their downstream effects between two major causative viruses of bronchiolitis. There are approximately 130,000 infants hospitalized each year in the US due to bronchiolitis. The majority of these cases are caused by either rhinovirus or respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, but the two differ in their outcomes, with rhinovirus infection often leading to chronic symptoms like childhood asthma. Kohai Hasegawa from the Department of Emergency Medicine at the Massachusetts General Hospital and his team aim to unravel the underlying mechanisms between the two viruses' different outcomes by comparing the nasal airway microRNA profiles of infants infected with either virus. Here's Kohai. So bronchiolitis is a huge problem that affects up to 40% of infants, and 1% to 2% are hospitalized. And bronchiolitis is the leading cause of hospitalization in infants in the United States. So it's a big, it's a big problem, and, and it's thought that there are two viruses that are mainly thought to be responsible. That's right. Bronchiolitis is typically caused by viral infection, the two major viruses are RSV and rhinovirus, and these two account for probably 60% at least, but likely 80%, 90% of severe bronchiolitis. How exactly do those viruses differ from one another in terms of you know, how the infection plays out? The conventional wisdom is that the virus doesn't matter. Bronchiolitis is bronchiolitis. It just doesn't matter. It looks somewhat similar. And the current guideline, the American guideline and other like UK guidelines says don't do viral testing because it doesn't matter. But I suppose you're of the opinion that the specific type of virus does matter. Does matter in the future. In the current moment, because we have no proven uh, therapeutics for each virus yet, it's a valid argument to say it doesn't matter. But in the future, or as a researcher standpoint, it should matter. But are there differences in the, the severity of the acute and then the, any ongoing kind of chronic problems caused by the different viruses? So in terms of the acute severity, it's a little controversial. So some people, including our study, showed like a co-infection of RSV and rhinovirus is associated with higher severity. Some studies show no association. And in terms of the chronic morbidity, there's controversy, but multiple studies have shown that rhinovirus is associated with higher risk of asthma. 
development in later childhood. Assuming that that is true then, what do we know about the, the different mechanisms of the two viruses? Yeah, so there are many potential differences between these viruses. So how the virus get into the airway cells are different, for example. Also after that, uh, there are differences in inflammatory response such as NF-CAPB pathway that is one of the focus of the study. So your idea in this study then was to compare the microRNA profiles and any sort of downstream signaling pathways in the nasal airways of patients with either of these viruses. Right. So clearly, uh, from the microRNA uh, standpoint, these viruses differ, even though the clinical picture may look similar. Actually, what's going on inside is very different by virus. Okay, so what happened then when you compared the microRNA profiles between these different groups of children? So first, we have identified many, like thousands of microRNAs in the airway, about 2,800 microRNAs in the airway. Among these, we found 386 microRNAs differed significantly between RSV and RV. Then, for the look into the data, we have identified that these microRNAs are related to specific uh, inflammatory pathway, which is NFKB, more specifically compared to infants with RSV, and those with rhinovirus had basically enhanced NF-CAPV pathway. So these differentially expressed microRNAs pointed towards this role of the uh, interaction with the host immune response. That's right. So NF-CAPV is a very interesting transcription factor. So basically this is a protein in a cell that goes to the nucleus of the cell and modifies the DNA expression of many genes, especially in inflammatory pathways. And previous studies have shown that rhinovirus infection may be related with overexpression of NF-CAPB pathway. So our microRNA finding also supports that previous finding. Does that explain to you in any way why rhinovirus tends to give worse outcomes? Uh, the mechanisms linking bronchiolitis and asthma are very complex, but this can be one of the important ones. We have to develop animal models and interventional studies later to block this pathway in these kids with rhinovirus, and we'll see what happens. That's the ultimate testing. But for now, the data suggests that this might be one of the important pathways. And you didn't just look at the microRNA profiles, did you? Because you also had a look at the associated cytokines. That's right. So we have cytokines and mRNA because if you study only microRNA, we can predict the function of the microRNA, but we won't know what's going on in the real world. So that we studied mRNA in the NF-CAPB pathway. Also, we have studied cytokines which are downstream of the NF-CAPB. We found overexpression of uh, NF-CAPB gene expressions in the rhinovirus group and also high type 2 cytokines, which is associated with NF-CAPB pathway. So that, that validated it by suggesting that these weren't just random microRNAs floating around redundantly, that they were, they were actually doing stuff to the genes associated with inflammation. That's right, yeah. One of the, yeah, one of the, so one of the limitation, limitations of the study is that we didn't study uh, NF-CAPB activity per se, but in, we indirectly validate the finding 
by studying these mRNA and cytokines. Do you think these results help to explain the mechanism behind why rhinovirus is more likely to lead to chronic respiratory problems? That's a big question. We don't know the rhinovirus is the cause of asthma. Or maybe infants who get rhinovirus have already uh, some background that put the infants at higher risk of asthma. So we we don't know this is like a proxy of the uh, asthma risk or this is more causal agents. But that being said, uh, many many good investigators have been working on the interactions between rhinovirus and specific genes and genotypes, microbiome, and the others. And we are one of these investigators. And hopefully in the next five years, we're going to find something interesting. Is the point that this increased inflammatory response, like so many other diseases, it's actually the inflammation that ends up doing the damage? That's right. Yeah, inflammation in the airway is the main picture of uh, bronchiolitis in young infants. Uh, And the asthma as well. If you have persistent inflammation in the airway for months and years, the chronic inflammation of the airway is an important component of asthma. Now, you mentioned at the beginning that even the, the current guidelines are that, you know, the identification of the virus behind the bronchiolitis is unimportant. How do you think these results inform that debate? Do you think that actually knowing, the, the, knowing if it's rhinovirus or RSV actually sounds quite important? Yes, uh, that's my personal opinion. And also recent data supports that notion and also my notion that bronchiolitis is not a homogeneous disease, actually a heterogeneous disease with different mechanisms. Our data basically encourages us to study more how bronchiolitis mechanisms differ by virus or others and develop uh, more targeted therapeutic options. You said that the the justification for not knowing the virus is that there's not much you can do to treat them anyway. Do you think now with a slightly enhanced understanding of the mechanism behind rhinovirus causing bronchiolitis, do you think there's anything that we can do in terms of designing drugs to hack into that system? Antiviral medications are promising, especially for RSV. But in addition to that, blocking specific microRNAs or blocking specific inflammatory pathway. These are potential targets. Finally, what, I mean, what do you hope that uh, paediatricians listening to this will take from it? So this uh, study results alone doesn't suggest that uh, we need to test RSV or rhinovirus or we need, we need to change the treatment by virus. That being said, uh, the previous data and the current study collectively suggest that bronchiolitis is not a homogeneous disease. It is heterogeneous. In the future, we need to investigate the difference and underlying mechanism, mechanisms and which will lead uh, targeted therapies of bronchiolitis in the future. That was Kohai Hasegawa from Massachusetts General Hospital. That's it for this time. Join us again next month for the next edition of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 